Hello, NAPI members and flight instructors. This is John Niehaus, Director of Program Development for the National Association of Flight Instructors. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the NAPI More Right Rudder podcast, podcast for flight instructors on the go. And uh, I have here with me again, welcome back, Dr. Victor Vogel, uh, CFII medical oncologist and NAFI board member. And I will admit, if you're watching this, yes, we're wearing the same clothes from the last time he was here. We, uh, we got to talking and uh, we had so much more. So we thought we'd just jump right into sort of a continuation of uh, what we talked about the last time he was here. And uh, we were thinking that maybe it'd be a good idea to uh, talk about a few of the things that are on the list, the medications list that we referenced um, previously. And uh, Dr. Victor Vogel, um, I'm going to let you take it from here. What do you want to talk about? Well, I'm, I'm looking at this uh, list that's uh, published by FAA on the FAA.gov site. If you go to uh, the medical, the medical sub category on that site. Um, there, there's a, a PDF file called what over-the-counter medications can I take and still be safe to fly? Um, it's pretty straightforward. And then there is a, a list um, that is grouped by types of drugs, antihistamines, decongestants, cough medicines. And there are two columns. There's a column that says the medication or active ingredient is generally safe to fly. And under that, it says, go. And then there's one that's a, a column next to it that says, avoid these medications or ingredients. And that column is subtitled, no go. So it's pretty simple. Hmm. So let, let's go through some of these things and uh, just point out to people, uh, pilots, that uh, you know th this is a relatively straightforward list and it's uh, easily accessible on the internet. And it can answer a question for you pretty quickly if you're taking an over-the-counter medication and want to know whether it's safe. Yeah, I think that's a great plan. I do have one question before you start. And, and we referenced this a little bit on the last one, which was, you know, talking about certain medications that you just absolutely cannot take irregardless. But is there something that you could like accidentally take over the counter that would, and I say accidentally more from a knowledge standpoint, but is there something that you could take that all of a sudden, because you took it for a specific reason, um, disqualifies you from flying? Like, could you, could you take something for an ache or pain or a sickness that you can buy from a pharmacist and then all of a sudden find out that you just disqualified your medical? Is that, is that a thing? Uh, yeah, I suppose it could be, um, you know, and, uh, for, for example, most of the ache and pain drugs are safe. Things like Tylenol and Motrin and, uh, Aleve and those things. But if it's a pain medicine that in the name of the drug includes the letters PM, meaning, oh, take this when you go to bed, it'll help your pain and it'll help you sleep. Virtually all of those medicines that have PM in their name or title um, are, are not acceptable because most of those PM medications contain that medication known as Benadryl or diphenhydramine and it's sedating. And mm -hmm. so the, the pain medicines that have PM in their title are, are generally not to be used. And that might be a little confusing because we'll tell a pilot, well, sure, you can take Tylenol or you can take Advil. That's okay. And then, you know, they have this bottle at home or they, they go to the pharmacy and they pick up this bottle and it's Motrin PM or Advil PM. 
And then, whoa, well, I could take it during the day, uh, but I can't take it at night if it says PM because it might be sedating in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those are the kinds of things you could you could not be aware of potentially. But there's nothing that I could get from a drugstore that you know I would take and then effectively have to put my medical in the shredder. Like it's it would just be waiting the duration till it wears off. Right, and most of those things. <laughs> I like that expression, put my medical in the shredder. Um, most of those things would, that would be, you know, immediately disqualify our prescription medicines. Good. Okay. Um, so it's it, it, the odds of somebody taking it to help, the, you know, to help a legitimate uh, medical issue, you know, by accident and then finding out that they can no longer fly. That's, that's not really going to happen. Yeah. That, that's very, very unlikely. Okay, cool. Um, well, let's get to this list. Yeah, so we could illustrate that by looking at some of these things. So, you, you know, we said, well, you, you can't take Benadryl or medications that contain Benadryl, but we might be surprised to learn that um, antihistamines, and, you know, depending on what part of the country you live in, you know, several seasons of the year can be pretty challenging in terms of allergies, right? Mm-hmm. So we all want to take our allergy medicine. So, for example, medicines like Allegra and Claritin, perfectly okay to take. Um, they're antihistamines that, unlike Benadryl, um, which you can't take, um, they're okay. So Allegra and Claritin are on the okay-to-fly list. But on the other side of that, there are some antihistamines like Zyrtec and Chlortrimetron and Zizel that aren't okay. And it's, it would be hard to know that just intuitively. I mean, how would a person know? Um, and even a physician I wasn't sure which bin these things sorted into mm-hmm. until you look at the list. And that's why the list is useful um, because um, it, it sorts out those questions for you. And you, you may say, well, you mean I can't take Zyrtec, but I can take Allegra. Um, that, that's the kind of information that's available on this, this list that's very, very helpful. Yeah, and it's... It, you know, it also saves the burden of having to call your primary care physician or the AME and and ask them because here it is on the list. Yeah, it's easy to think that they're all the same, just a different brand. So it, it's easy to, yeah. to be misled by the idea that, well, I can't use this, so I can't use any of these, right? Yeah, so I can't use any, whereas some of them are okay and some of them are not okay. But it's not intuitive as to which ones might be okay. Yeah. And here's maybe another surprise. You know, um, some people have, um, you know, nasal congestion. Um, and you say, well, Oh, so ma- many of those patients are treated with, with nasal steroids. You know, they're, they're inhaled through the nose, nasal steroids. And you say, well, is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. But the thing you got to be aware of there is, well, if you have nasal congestion, are you also going to have the ear block and have mm-hmm. problems, you know, a- a- as you climb um, and change pressures or descend and change pressures? It can work either way. Any ch- pressure change could cause problems if you have middle ear or sinus problems. And that can sometimes be an accompaniment of having nasal congestion. So you have to ask yourself some questions. Well, am I having problems with my ears? Am I having problems with my sinuses? Um, But if it's just nasal congestion and you're using inhaled nasal steroids, those are on the okay to fly list. So Hmm. that's important. Um, And then Nasal decongestants, you may think the same thing. You know, there are things that you can spray in your nose to relieve congestion, drugs like Afrin and Sudafed, and there's some others. Those are okay. Now, it is true 
that those drugs can, in some patients, increase their heart rate. Um, and so you, you want to be careful if you're using those drugs that are potentially stimulants um, that, you know, if you're using Sudafed, you, you want to be careful that you're, you're not cranking up your heart rate and perhaps causing problems there. But um, as, and, and it's best, here's another little suggestion that you don't take a new medicine, a medicine you've never taken before, you know, 30 minutes before you fly and then you hop in the airplane, even if it's on the safe list, you probably should take those medications on the ground days before, see if you feel all right, make sure you don't have any untoward side effects. Um, not a good idea to take a brand new drug minutes before you, you start a flight. That, that, that's to be avoided. Well, and that's interesting because, you know, I think anytime anybody says Sudafed, especially, you know, pilots tend to sort of perk up and go, wait, wait, what? Because um, we all sort of have this knee-jerk reaction that there's something in, like there's something wrong with Sudafed, you're not supposed to take it. But you just said that that might be okay based on the situation. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. It's on the okay to fly list. Wow. Um, and again, there, there are surprises on this list. And that's why I find the list very helpful. Yeah. As I said in one of our earlier conversations, you know, I thought surely a drug like melatonin that people take to make them go to sleep would be on the don't use list, but it's on the perfectly safe list. Huh. Um, so the lists are useful for many, many, in many regards. Let's move on to something else. So cough medicines, you know, so we all have occasional time when we, you know, got to get that bottle of cough syrup over the counter. Um, and the, the main ingredient of cough syrup is a drug called guaifenesin. And that's perfectly safe. That's okay to take. Um, and it, it comes either in pill forms or liquid forms, and it, it's okay. But what you have to be careful of is some of those cough medicines, again, are labeled PM, nighttime use. You know, pretty hard to fall asleep if you're coughing and hacking. Well, some of those nighttime cold remedies also contain our old friend, um, uh, Benadryl or, uh, you know, and, and some of them contain uh, something called dextromethorphan. Dextromethorphan is a, um, a derivative of narcotics that's a very effective cough suppressant. Hmm. So if your cough medicine just has plain old guaifenesin, like a bottle of Robitussin, that's fine. But if your cough medicine is labeled PM, or it has um, dextromethorphan in it. Dextromethorphan, because it's a derivative of a narcotic, can be sedating. So this list helps to sort out those kinds of questions. I'm trying to think of the, the main cough medicine brand. I know we've got, we actually have some upstairs. Um, well, we got Ro Robitussin and uh, Dayquil, Nyquil, Dayquil. those kinds of things. So yeah. is Dayquil on the approved list? Dayquil, Dayquil is okay, but Nyquil is not okay. Right. Oh, actually, Dayquil is not okay. Dayquil is not okay because it contains dextromethorphan. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, but but if you take plain old Robitussin, not Robitussin PM, but plain old Robitussin, which is just plain old guaifenesin, that's okay. So again, this is why you have to look at this list. Um, so yeah. as a medical professional, I have to ask you, is it required for cough medicine to taste awful? 
<laughs> well, the ingredients taste awful. And what the manufacturers try to do is put something in there that makes it tolerable and palatable. So, you know, they make it cherry flavored or they make it mint flavored, but it doesn't always hide the, the uh, nasty tasting bitter substances that are in there. Yeah. Every time I ever think about even uh, having any cough medicine, it's, you know, I have to be dying because it's just so bad. <laughs> Some of them are pretty nasty. It's true. Um, let's see. What else? Um, we talked about the pain relievers that contain PM and how that's not a good idea. Um, some medicines, um, like some ex, uh, headache preparation contain caffeine. Now, of course we all, you know, if, if we had to eliminate caffeine, probably 90% of the pilot community couldn't fly anymore. So caffeine is fine. There's no problem. And if the medication contains caffeine, that's fine. Um, no, no, uh, restrictions there. Um, what else is good? Many, many of us suffer from a condition we call, well, the, the, the lay public calls it heartburn. We medical professionals call it GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, you know? So plain old heartburn. Well, there's all kinds of over-the-counter preparations to deal with heartburn or GERD. And virtually all of the over-the-counter ones, whether it's Nexium or Prevacid or Prilosex or Proton, they're all okay to take. Um, and again, you might, you might say, well, might there be something there that might be a problem? And, and the list has them on. And, and there are other drugs that um, like Tagamet, and Pepsid, and Zantac, those are all okay. Hmm. Um, and, and certainly things like um, Tums and Maalox and things that we just grab two or three and chew on them when we have a little heartburn, those are all okay. So you know, many of these things we, we take every day and we don't even think about it. But if, if it comes, if the question comes up, well, these things are on the list. And in these two columns of yes and no medications are, are very, very useful. Well, as we as we transition from seasons, at least up here in Michigan, where I am, um, you know, colds become a thing. What about cold medicine like Tylenol cold? Is that uh, what's in that? Yeah, I the. The one that's a no-no is Tylenol PM. If, if it says PM, it's it's got um, Benadryl in it, um, uh, diphenhydramine, and and that's that's a no-no. Um, but it, it it probably you know is is okay. Um, but you simply you have to read the label mm -hmm. and look to see what the uh, what the ingredients are. You, you might be. This is kind of an interesting one. Um, drugs that prevent nausea and diarrhea are mostly okay, but I would think it's not a great idea to self-medicate for nausea or diarrhea and then plan on going to fly. I think if you have those kinds of symptoms, it would be best to stay put until those symptoms resolve. For, for a multitude of reasons. For a multitude of reasons, <laughs> yes. But it, but it is curious that those drugs, with the exception of the drug Imodium that we often use for diarrhea in our cancer patients, uh, that drug is on the no-fly list. But Is um, it really? What makes yeah, Imodium not uh, it, a no-no? It's probably because it, it, is a, um, it has narcotic-like principles. Really? Um, narcotics are constipating. Um, and so it's... That's probably why it's on the list. 
That's see, that's a surprise. I I would have never guessed that emodium would be a an issue. Yeah, well, that that's what I'm saying. It's very hard to intuit these things, and that's why when the FAA decided two years ago to finally publish this list, it's extremely helpful. Yeah, and then you know, with prescription medications, basically the the AMEs um, have um, lists for the prescription medications. And, and you can tell them what medicine you're taking and they can tell you whether that's okay. Um, for example, um, the, the drugs that are used for erectile dysfunction are essentially all no-nos. Um, yeah. So for, for some of our older pilots and maybe not so older pilots, um, yeah, they, they need to be aware that the, the, those drugs um, like Viagra and Cialis are, are on the no-fly list. Interesting. And yeah. what makes them, uh, what, what, what is the inhibiting issue there? Well, I think it's largely theoretical and the rare instance of um, the disturbed consciousness or um, attentiveness. And, and that's complicated by the fact that much of that data was collected in older patients mm. for whom those symptoms may be the result not of uh, the medication, but just of, you know, other conditions or life circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyway, the, the, if you have a prescription medicine that's new and you're not certain, it, just check with the AME. Now you mentioned most of your aches and pains uh, medicine are okay. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure there are also um, many uh older pilots that tend to, you know, take the, um, you know, the physician's recommendation of, you know, baby aspirin a day or something like that. I'm assuming yeah, that yeah. that's okay. Right. That's, that's okay. Yeah. But, um, depending on the situation and it's a pilot to pilot thing, you know, sometimes there are patients who take so-called anticoagulants, the lay public public refers to them as blood thinners. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and some of those blood thinners, make one ineligible to fly and some depending on the situation are okay. And again, that's a individual thing where you got to check with your uh, AME about what's acceptable. Sure. There's also, and you mentioned CBD in the last, uh, the last podcast, but there's, I mean, you go to the grocery store and there's two aisles of what they consider like the natural products and, and yeah. whatever. Are there ones sort of in that aisle, any of those like vitamin supplements or anything that uh, people should be aware of that maybe they should at least, you know, maybe not mentioned on the list, but they should at least sort of consult a physician? Yeah. So most of those things that, you know, they, they fall on a list that the FDA, that is the Food and Drug Administration, uh, refers to as GRAS substances, G-R-A-S, generally recognized as safe. So there's no information, no data to indicate that these particular so-called natural products um, are, are a problem. But I cynically like to say sometimes, you know, poison ivy is a natural product. <laughs> uh, and so just because it's, quote, natural doesn't necessarily mean that it's safe. Yeah. Um, and so, again, my recommendation is, Sure. Those things in the, in the, um, you know, in the, in the nutrient store in the, in the nutrient aisle at the grocery store or the pharmacy that you can just buy without a prescription, those are okay. But again, if you're planning to fly while taking one of those, 
please take it days or a couple weeks before to make sure that in you, particularly in, in this person, in this pilot, that it doesn't have any untoward or adverse effects. Again, you wouldn't want to take one of those things the morning you're going to fly, having never taken it before, um, to see what happens. I mean, for example, some of those um, over-the-counter remedies can cause symptoms like uh, headache, nausea, diarrhea, all kinds of things that you wouldn't want to experience as a pilot. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, those are very variable. Many pa patients can take those um, substances, those compounds, and not get those symptoms. But wow, what if what if you did and it happened, you know, 30 minutes after you uh, departed on your flight? So you, you don't want to take those things for the first time ever uh, on, a, on a day of flying. You want to take them ahead of time and make sure that, that they agree with you. Yeah, here's another one that's sort of out of left field, and you may or may not have an answer to this, but what about like diet drugs, you know, those, mm. the, the kind that you can get from, you know, the grocery store and, and maybe somebody's trying to, to lose weight or something. Yeah, and again, you have to be very, very careful with those because many of them are stimulants um, and they can increase heart rate and have other uh, untoward effects. Um, and again, you have to read the labels very, very carefully um, and again, not take those things without some um, investigational period, using them for a period of time of days or weeks before you fly, because um, some of them do, do have rather significant side effects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any other ones you want to talk about? Any other surprises on the list? No, I think, I think those are, are most of the ones we, we talked about. Um, and, and topical products, you know, things you would put on the skin for a rash or a sunburn. So most of those are okay. Um, it's just the things that we ingest. Um, so um, I just encourage everyone to become familiar with that list. And if you have a question, and you can also ask the pharmacist. A pharmacist will be able to tell you, um, a good pharmacist in a retail pharmacy store will be able to tell you um, whether something has expected untoward or um, adverse side effects, um, whatever it might be, nausea, diarrhea, uh, sedation, uh, they, they, they can help you with that as well. So the, the, the general rule here that I'm gathering is before you take something, either consult the list, consult your AME, consult your physician, mm -hmm. combination of all of those things, but certainly if you wanna do some preliminary research, um, take a look at this list. That's uh, is it on FAA.gov? Is that where it is? Yes, it is. Excellent. It is. Excellent. So, um, you know, just for those listening, um, <laughs> we do not provide medical advice. Uh, no. And while Dr. Victor Vogel does in his professional uh, standpoint, this is not in that realm. So uh, don't use anything that you heard on this particular podcast as medical advice. Make sure you consult your own physician and AME. Um, but I do hope that uh, it provides you with sort of that uh, um, you know, next step of understanding to know where to find these things and know what questions to ask. Um, because, uh, you know, some of these things like, uh, like Dr. Vogel said are surprising. Um, you know, the biggest one for me is, uh, is Imodium. How am I going to go and, uh, you know, get my, my, uh, sort of different types of ethnic food and, and still fly? What am I going to do? 
<laughs> you have to time it carefully, John. Time the consumption very carefully. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or if not, then uh, then I got to wait five times the duration, like we talked about last time. So this is yeah. uh, this is all good information. Victor, thank you so much for coming back. Thanks uh, for for sharing this information with our listeners and with NAFI members, and uh, we really appreciate the expertise. Glad to help. And as always, if you haven't subscribed, please do. If you're not a member, sign up at nafinet.org. And, uh, you know, again, we're collecting questions for Dr. Vogel. So if you've got something that, uh, that you'd like to ask him, um, by all means, email us at nafi at nafinet.org. Thanks for joining us and uh, have a good rest of your day.